If you're out for a stroll in the wilds of Australia, Europe, Africa, or North America, you might stumble upon a peculiar and gruesome sight, the impaled victims of the butcher bird. Setting its sights on larger prey but lacking the strength to subdue it, the butcher bird uses its environment to its advantage when hunting. But, brutal or not, a bird's gotta do what a bird's gotta do to survive here in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, search Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And thank you to Brian for the fabulous artwork for this week's episode. To see his art, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy. Or visit us at LDTaxonomy.com. I'll get it right. <laughs> and today we're talking about Yennefer Vengerbird, a black and white songbird down, from Down Under. We'll more on that later. What? Yennefer Vengerberg? What? Yennefer Vengerberg is, is Yennefer from The Witcher. And she is famous for wearing black and white all the time. Oh, is she a butcher? Some would in some situations, I guess. Sure, sure. Not as many as Geralt, I suppose, but... What are we talking about? What are what we talking about? about? Who could say? You can. Oh, uh, we're talking about the Grey Butcher Bird. Yes, the Butcher. Also known as, we're going to call it here, Big Bad Vlad. You know, nice. Vlad the Impaler. Uh-huh. And Bill the but- Butcher Bird. I don't know if you've ever seen Gangs of New York, but that's my favorite character in that movie. I have not. It's Dan- it's Daniel Day-Lewis at his finest. Uh, I did play D and D once, and one of the PCs playable characters was known as the Gray Butcher. Huh. I don't think the person that was playing that character knew about this bird. Probably not. But would you like to hear what science says? Yes. Science says it's in the kingdom you know, love, and live within. The kingdom Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. The class is Aves. I think we we do we know what the next one is? Say it with me. The order is Passeriformes. Passeriformes. Although I I can't expect anybody else. What birds are not in Passeriformes? Like an ostrich. Lot lots of little songbirds, I think. But there's a lot of little songbirds in Passeriform. Um. I know that birds of prey are not in Passeriformes. Oh, so it's all like... Like the, uh, Passeriformes are crows and A crow blue jay like. and a crow would be the two Pas- like kind of staple archetypal Passeriformes. But like seabirds may not be? Yeah. And ducks and... Yeah, yeah. There's There's... I, I, I'm pretty sure this is the largest order of birds. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of birds that are not in this order. And they're all called... Pa- it's passerine, I think, is the adjective. Ducks and chickens are in Galenocery. 
Are ducks in the same one? Ducks and chickens are in the same one? They're fowl. They're in the galliformes, which is landfowl, and then waterfowl are anseriformes. Gallimimus. So they're, they're in this... In one, uh, I don't know if it's a suborder something, but it's a collection of fa- all fowl. Got it. Yeah. So I imagine game birds are not in Passeriformes. And raptors. Passeriformes. Pacerines. They're uh, parrots. Parrots are very close to them. Parrots aren't pa- p- Passeriformes, are they? No. They're but they're all both Passeriformes and parrots are Sitacopaceri. Which is a taxon of birds consisting of passeriforms and cytosassiforms. <laughs> That's a fun one to say. Is that like a, a super order or something like that? Sub-class? Something like that. Though, what's important is that passeriforms have um, passerines have they don't have very strong legs. Their legs aren't meant for much other than standing and perching. Uh, speaking of that, they're in the family. Artema, Artemidae? Artemidae? Australian passerines, passerines, the Indo-Pacific region of birds. This is my favorite genus of maybe all of the animals we've done so far. Really? The yeah. genus is Cracticus? Caracticus. Caracticus. I wouldn't say it's Caracticus. I would say it's Cracticus. It's definitely could be interpreted to be the first name of Dick Van Dyke's character in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I did not know that. His name is Caractacus Potts. I don't think... I, I saw that like a few times when I was very young and I hated it and, it, and I it, I struck it from my memory. <laughs> what? My, my, my mom loves um musicals and she had me watch she they were just on all the time and of all of the musicals from that era that we watched chitty chitty bang bang was one of my favorites because it had a flying car that also turns into a boat and there's castles and soldiers and a danger and it's not like my fair lady or uh um the king and i where it's just this sappy love story with nothing going on so I always loved uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in comparison to the others. That and um, that and West Side Story because there are knife fights. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there, I guess the reason that I you had it juxtaposed with The King and I as a child. Yeah, that and I right. had it like my cousin loved it, and we could have been watching The Lion King for the six thousandth time, <laughs> and I wanted to do that instead. I recommend Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to everybody. But anyway, the main character, Dick Van Dyke, who mysteriously doesn't have a British accent when his kids and everybody around him do, his name is Caractacus. Well, the species is Torquatus. <laughs> Caractacus Torquatus. Torquatus? Torquatus? Passamaquoddy? Another musical from the 70s? I, what? Isn't pa- Passamaquoddy, I think, is the name of the town of Pete's Dragon, and we're not talking about this. <laughs> Last episode was like 45 minutes. Okay. Would you like to have it described, or would you like to do Absolute. a game? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to interrupt you. Um, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter Groups! And I love 
critter groups when it comes to birds. Because unlike fish, you know, you got the one, it's, oh yeah, it's a flock. Fine, it's a flock of birds. But people love watching and categorizing birds so much that most birds have their, uh, most families of birds have their own uh, collective nouns. So there's just a wealth of collective nouns here uh, to work with. So the more birds we do, the better, in my opinion, um, just for the sake of this segment. Um, there, And after I say all that, there isn't one for butcher birds. <laughs> um, but we'll get into why. Well, I, I can get into why now. The The butcher bird is the dead designation uh, spans several families. Uh, it's more of an acti- like a, a behavior of these birds and less of kind of their being related. So, for example, the shrike is... There are a lot of sh- shrikes that are butcher birds, but they are not in the family uh, Artamidae. So they're not re- related to the gray butcher bird, even though they might be called butcher birds as well. So there isn't... A collective noun for butcher birds because they spend so many families but the gray butcher bird is related to the australian magpie so we're going to talk about what the uh, collective noun is for magpies so joe this is the part of the show where i ask you joe a question and the question is the same every time what is the name of a group of this animal what is the collective noun what is the term of venery for magpies is it a a gulp of magpies b a spike of magpies c a watch of magpies or d a torrent of magpies i'm gonna go with a torrent of magpies is that your final answer give me the first one again gulp a gulp Mm -hmm. torrent a watch Mm -hmm. and a spike i'm gonna go with a watch final answer that is incorrect hmm but going with your gut would also not have helped because the answer was gulp. Okay. It's a gulp of magpies. When you first said watch, I was like, a watch? Like a wristwatch? But then I'm thinking, no, wait, it's like a watch, like a... Like the, like night- the night's watch. Yeah. And I was like, that makes sense for birds. Yeah, and gulp was the tamest one for magpies that I could find. So if we lose this... Uh, this recording, then I'm going to have a lot more uh, th- that well uh, is horrible deep, ones? deep and wide. Interesting. Um, not like not horrible, just so crazy. Yeah, crazy. Just like how who came up with that? Now you have my permission to describe the bird <laughs> to us. <laughs> you have my permission. Uh, the gray butcher bird has a black head with a white neck and belly. I called it Yennefer Vangerbird, but there are other butcher birds in Australia that are more black and white. There's some gray area to the to the butcher bird, the gray one. Uh, their their <laughs> shoulders are slate gray, with black wingtips and tail feathers. Young ones have a dark brown head with white streaks, and they're said to look a lot like a kingfisher. Sometimes be like they're mistaken for a kingfisher. They do. Except they don't have that kind of the the crest. That right. The kind of there's a lot of different kinds of kingfishers, but the one you're probably thinking of has that crest. Uh, they're shaped like a crow, with a proportionally larger beak. So, like a kingfisher kind of has. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the beak is also, it has this distinct hook on the end of it that you wouldn't see in any Paceriform. Well, not, you wouldn't see in just every Paceriform, like the straight beak of a crow. Uh, males and females are similar colors, unlike a lot of birds, but, and unlike some birds, the males are slightly larger. That's what they look like, but that brings us to what they size like. <laughs> How how much do they size, Joe? Uh, uh, welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show until we have another vote. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you. When you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering, the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro. It's been a while. I was hoping for a chitter. We're need we're needing a chitter. Yeah, we need to go out and uh, Shanghai our family members into sending in more <laughs> measure ups. We need a chitty chitty bang bang of yes, sorts. We, we do. Mason is uh, going to start uh, talking eventually, so I'll get him to say it. <laughs> That's your goal. Train him up in the way he should go, yes. so that he can. Uh... He will not depart from this podcast. <laughs> uh. But that means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. So without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Okay, so... There's a bit of a cacophony of bird sounds there yes so we're looking for a songbird i have a collection of songbirds it's probably it's probably not as engaging as you know when there's different types of animals that you can guess but there's no way that's anything but a songbird (laughs) so is it a the common blackbird b a malabar whistling thrush friends with our our friend the malabar squirrel Purple mm-hmm. squirrel. Or is it C, the Bahama Mockingbird? That's fun or is to it, say. Or is it D, the Grey Butcher Bird? Well, I listened to the Grey Butcher Bird's um, call, and so I know it's not that. Bahama Mockingbird is fun to say. That sounds like a cocktail. I'm Yeah. Isn't Bahama Mama a cocktail? Maybe, but it's also a smoothie, a tropical smoothie cafe. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Oh, it's been a while. I need to get back into sm- into sm- smoothie season. Smoothies are great. Yeah, they really are. Um, they're not as good for you as you might think, but they're better for you than ice cream. <laughs> um, the Malabar one, and then the... Oh, you, there's the Blackbird, the Thrush, the Malabar. No, the Malabar Thrush is the same thing. Um, Malabar thrush, blackbird, mockingbird. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Bahama mockingbird because I wanted to say that one more time. So that's my <laughs> answer. Final answer. Uh-huh. Uh, the correct answer is the common blackbird. Huh. Now I looked at the picture. Doesn't look like the blackbirds we know. It has like an orange ring around its eyes. Uh, it's that... probably not from. It's probably a common blackbird in like Europe or something. And those are the ones that sing in the dead of night. Yeah, probably. Because the blackbirds here, they don't. No, they sing in the day. 
Yeah, and they sing in parking lots when there's French fries around. And if they have broken wings, they don't. They can't learn to fly. They're done. <laughs> uh, let's talk about wingspan. Speaking of wings, they have a body length of up to thirty centimeters or eleven point eight inches. Wait, that's length, body length, or wingspan? Uh, they they have a body length of up to. Th- we're not going to talk about it, but you should know for the test. They it's thirty centimeters or eleven point eight inches. And the wingspan is between 37 to 43 centimeters or 14.6 to 16.9 inches. But we're going with the upper end of average. average. A foot and a half. How many gray butcher bird wingspans go into the tallest inflatable water slide? All right. I want to see how you connected this to the bird. Okay. Here's the hint. The tallest water slide ever is called the Hybrid XL, and it was made for a pop-up water park in Perth, Australia. A pop-up water park. Huh. Uh, And if you're thinking the world's tallest water slide sounds like excess more akin to U.S.-based exploits, it was made by a U.S.-based company called Freestyle Slides. But it's inflatable, so it's got to be able to hold up its own weight now i will tell you it's called the hybrid xl its ladder is not the the steps leading up to the top are not inflatable got it so that might be like a support cage for it so it could be taller than it otherwise could be i'm gonna say 50 feet 50 feet yes so i'm gonna say 33 33 wingspan uh, gray butcher bird wingspan it's going to the height of this this giant water slide final answer yes the correct answer is 52.1 oh wow this is like a 70 foot 73.4 feet or 22.4 meters that is tall i want to i want to ride it now it, i love water slides the fact that it's inflatable seems like uh once you when at the top it's so flimsy but it's not i think it is like i think it was fastened to that staircase and the top the slide part there's an at the very top there's a there's a covering that i think adds more structure so you're going down like a tube instead of like something with walls that could just like slide under (laughs) and you fall over uh so yeah it looks safe Looks crazy, but it looks it looks like there's attention to safety. Alright, so let's let's talk about weight. This unfortunately will have nothing to do with the the uh, butcher bird, but it is interesting. Uh, they're ninety grams. Their weight, uh, or three point two ounces. Further illustrating that an ounce is giant. Too big. Too big. So how many butcher birds go into the to a jar of elvish honey, capital letters there, that you could buy for $6,800? Elvish honey? Yes, a brand of honey called you, elvish honey. Do you, is it like lembas bread? Do you like need you put one little uh, dollop of it on your tongue and then like that's enough to fill your stomach for a full day? Well, it, you put one little dollop of t- on your tongue, and it's enough to have spent your budget for food for the day. Uh, Six thousand <laughs> dollars, you said. 
so here's a hint. Elvish Honey is, yeah, $6,800. $6, here, uh, oh Elvish honey is a natural wild honey that's produced in a deep cave in Turkey. The cave is said to imbue the honey with special minerals that make the product more expensive than gold. Hmm. I don't think I want minerals in my honey. It's like mineral water. I guess. Do bees not make honey in other caves? <laughs> Maybe not this cave. Not this cave. Interesting. Most honey that you buy is made by beekeepers like artificially like constructed hives made by bees real bees but not not by the beekeepers that'd be gross uh but like wild honey is usually more expensive and this particular wild honey is very expensive the most so you said it's more valuable than gold which gives me a clue because you're not allowed to look at the price of gold well, I did a few years ago, and it was like $1,200 for an ounce. That's so. fine. You're allowed <laughs> to take in prior knowledge. Uh, I don't know what it is now. Um, so. It changes on the on the regular. Yeah, but it's pretty st- steady. It's, it's relatively stable. Um, and things have only gone up. So I imagine it's probably, it might be $1,300 an ounce for gold. <laughs> And um, this is more valuable than gold. So let's say it's $2,000 an ounce. Which means, and this is 6800 so it's about, this is, it's one. One to one. Final answer. This is the, it's, it costs $6,800 for, th- for three point two ounces of this honey honey <laughs> Pooh would have a field day with this christopher Robin. christopher i need the elvish honey <laughs> just a small smackerel a smackerel of the decadence of the most expensive honey but Pooh, my family would go bankrupt if you have just even one smackerel of the elvish honey it'll be worth it <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> the final answer, one butcher bird? Yes. The correct answer is 11 butcher birds. Oh, where did I go wrong? I thought I was on the money on this one. Elvish honey goes for about 68000 per kilogram. 6800 Yeah, 6800 per kilogram. Am I thinking, was I thinking like, no, that's gold by the ounce. Yeah, so how many ounces are in a kilogram? Three. <laughs> I don't know. There's uh, 16 ounces in a pound, so that means there's uh, there's about 30, 35, 35 ounces in a kilogram. Yep. Now I got to look up gold's price. Gold is seventeen hundred dollars. Wow, shot up. I definitely should have bought it back in two thousand eighteen. Anyway. <laughs> uh. That's all I got for that. Do you have any? F- I have fast facts. Would you yeah. like to hear those? Yeah, yeah. Um, even though they're known as butchers, they're actually very talented singers. They're known to be among the premier songbirds of Australia. Their songs contain both melodious whistles and harsh dissident sounds. Each member of the territory of a, like a single territorial group participates in the same territorial song. 
So they they can they they have little communities, and they share this same song, uh, that kind of like is the song of their area. So it's the, their national this is, anthem. This is their uh, mighty fortress is our god. This is their uh, uh, you know our, our, their 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 battle anthem. Yeah. Uh, they repeat each other's song in a given area to let other birds know that the territory belongs to their group. Sharing the same song allows allows the birds to spread a tune farther than if a single bird sang, like lighting the beacons of Gondor. The best scene in the movie. Already seen. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> when a territorial group is performing, birds from other territories shut up and listen out of respect. They, they stop, of, collaborate, and listen? Yes. They don't collaborate. They just listen. Songs have uh, been recorded lasting as much as 15 minutes. It's like Handel's Messiah. <laughs> Handel's Messiah is like three hours. <laughs> yeah, it's more uh, like three Actually, bird. no, it's more like 12. Isn't it like six hours? Handel's I, Messiah is really long. Freebird uh, is 15 minutes long. It's half of Thick as a Brick by Jethro Tull. Um, individual members usually call and respond, but sometimes they overlap. Uh, the breed they breed in pairs between July and January, and both sexes share parenting duties. Both will feed hatchlings and defend the nest, but only the mother incubates the eggs. They may nest in a variety of habitats, including woodland, shrublands, rainforests, and even urban areas. They mostly eat insects and other animals, but they'll sometimes eat seeds and fruit, but rarely. Uh, In some cases, they'll even eat other smaller birds and vertebrates. And that's all Mm -hmm. I got. I, I, did you listen to their, their song? Yes. It's recorded on Wikipedia. It's, it's like frenetic. It's all over the place. And uh, so it's interesting. So you can see how it can be a kind of a, a, a personal stamp on a territory. But the it called it rollicking. <laughs> the Wikipedia page called it. A, I was like, I don't even know what that... I don't know how how to describe music as rollicking, but I guess that counts. What is rollicking? I don't know. Is it frolicking? I don't... Here, let's see. Exuberantly lively and amusing. Sure, that, that works. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, so it's time for the major fact, which I'm calling the penchant for poking. So I didn't call it Big Bad Vlad and Bill the Butcher Bird for nothing. If you remember, uh, from Dracula is originally Vlad the Impaler man so evil that he just impaled his enemies on spikes all the time and then uh demons turned him into a vampire anyway butcher birds are specifically like i said earlier they're not they're not one family of birds it's more about this oh yeah so it's not one particular family it's just uh it butcher bird describes their particular hunting technique um, and it's specific and brutal. So, so like, for example, the f- I got this idea when I saw, remembering my, uh, when I went to South Africa, 
and there were shrikes there. And um, the way you knew that a shrike was there was because you saw its food. And I'll describe what that looked like later. What butcher birds of all types practice is a common predator hunting method called sally pouncing, <laughs> which is just a, which is when you just find that zombie girl from a Nightmare Before Christmas and knock her down. <laughs> it sounds like something you would be accused of when you're not being very productive. It's like, hey, quit sally pouncing around. Yeah, and stop get to work. sally pouncing, like dilly dallying. Well, what sally pouncing is for birds is flying is sitting on a perch waiting for prey below you uh, flying straight into the prey uh, and grabbing it with your beak and flying back to your perch so it's kind of it's it's in sallies or I guess that's what it's like in um, volleys almost so butcher bird, gray butcher birds specifically mainly go for uh, insects, but they'll also, like you said, eat lizards, frogs, and even mice, small vertebrates. And s- especially for the frogs and mice, these can get as big as the uh, the butcher bird. It's the the question is like how how are they able to take down prey that's so big? So I mean, lots of birds use this sally pouncing method, but um, a lot of them are raptors, birds of prey, like eagles, falcons, hawks, things like that. Um, but where raptors have strong legs and talons and wings so that they can grab and carry off their prey, uh, the butcher bird has the dainty feet of a passerine. As we mentioned earlier, it's not they're meant for standing and perching and not for killing and grabbing and flying off with. Um, so it needs a different strategy. So what it does is when it, um, specifically when a, a butcher bird goes for, say, like a, a large-ish mouse, um, it'll clamp its beak down on the spinal cord to paralyze it, and then it will shake its prey around like a dog uh, to break its neck. So you know how <laughs> dogs do that thing where if you, if, like my, my dog, if I give him a specific toy, he'll just wrench his head back and forth um, to presumably kill that teddy bear but um, <laughs> that's how a lot of uh, predators spe- specifically mammalian predators uh, kill their prey and so it's not super common for a bird to do that uh, but what's what comes next is what g- gets the butcher birds their title so after breaking their uh, prey's neck, they will often find a nice, quiet place to sit down, settle, and impale their prey on a thorn or a branch. So, this is what I saw when I when we were dri- driving around in South Africa, is these, like, cactuses um, and, like, these very bristly branches with... I didn't see any mammals, but bugs and lizards impaled on on these on these sticks we drove by pretty quickly so i couldn't get a um a picture he's like just slowed down and said like check that out um but i was like oh that's crazy and so yeah they'll uh they'll do this sometimes the prey is still alive when this happens most of the time they're dead so that they can't um attract other predators because this is a this this acts as what's called a larder which is um, a place to keep food 
And so whenever what an animal... Bilbo Baggins keeps all of his food. Does he keep it in a larder? I think that's what he calls it in The Hobbit. Does Sorry. he? Off uh, kilter. When, yeah, well, back before we had um, ways of of keeping food like meat, perishables, in refrigerators and iceboxes, um, you'd keep it in a larder where meat was salted and covered in fat so that it would uh, uh, it would stay fresh. The butcher bird obviously doesn't cover its food in fat. The point is is that it keeps it in a place for safekeeping um, so they can come back and eat it later. Uh, it also makes it easier to eat so that it's not on the ground, apparently. And also if the victim is still alive, it makes it easier to eat because it's stuck in one spot. And uh, it also... Presumably, they, they haven't confirmed this yet, but it could be a way for males to attract mates by showing like, hey, check out my tree of bodies. I am a capable hunter and cruel master. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, whenever uh, and butcher birds, like I said, they, they're in Africa, they're in Australia, they're in North America. Um, and in Europe, uh, because it describes this technique, not necessarily a specific family of birds. They're all passeriforms, uh, though. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you ever see an impaled uh, like insect or lizard, you either have a, a a potential serial killer child on your hands, um, or a uh, a butcher bird i'm imagining like a mad max scene just like welcome to my dominion of impaled death <laughs> and that's all i got mm, that's all i got that sounds delicious though good larder yeah i kind of i want some lard yeah uh, uh every time i we make like steak or ground beef and i drain the fat into a cup because you're not supposed to put it down the drain uh-huh johanna is like what is this because i guess she's never experienced that before it is really weird once it, especially once it like uh, congeals. Yeah, it's just like solid, a cup of solid liquid. Like, <laughs> it's like gelatinous butter. She just texted, stop gossiping about me. <laughs> oh, she hears everything that happens. She does. Um, but yeah, that's the gray butcher bird. But butcher birds in general. I chose this one in particular because it has an interesting little call. It, um, and also uh, the genus was Caractacus <laughs> um, so for you out there in Podcastia Sally Pounce whenever you get the chance sing a rollicking duet and keep your food impaled where you can always find it like the grey butcher bird here in life death and taxonomy Hey Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT flavored merch, check out teespring.com slash stores slash taxonomy teas. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end.
Astronomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> uh, when a territorial... Really? Yep. There's so many great scenes. That's in my, I mean, I don't know if it's the best, but it's my favorite. Which movie is that in? That's in The, the Return- Two Towers? I don't... That's in The Return of the King? I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. I can't remember. The, the, all those movies are a unit to me. They're the, all one. No, yes, it's in it's in The Return of the King. And it's, it's amazing. It's one story. You, I only ever watch them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to watch The Lord of the Rings unless I could uh, section off 13 to 14 hours of my day. Well, it is true that I never watch just one and then go several months before ever watching another one. I always watch them like, like within a week or within a few weeks. Oh, Definitely I, within I, a month. I watch them out of order depending on whatever I feel like watching. It's like, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a very two towers, very two towersy. <laughs>